Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. Good after, good morning. <laughs> I knew I would mess that up too. It is 11.08 a.m. here in the Eastern Time Zone. Early show for us today. The Mountaineers will tip off at 12.15 in the first round of 64 of the NCAA Tournament against the Maryland Terps. So we will have a show. Uh, depending on how things go, Nick, we, we might say heck with it and go until 12.15-ish when tip-off is. Yeah, sounds if we good get into a good conversation, I don't want to end it because we don't have to go into the game until tip-off. Just depends. Yeah. Are you going to bring it today, Spencer? Are you going to bring it, Nick? I bring it every single day. Hey, you brought on the news this morning. Apparently I did, yeah. The mogul thought it was the best ever. Best ever. Maybe uh, bye-bye, Colin. I'm kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke, everyone. Colin on vacation. Uh, this week's show sponsored in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer and Nick with you here, produced on the TV 10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright. And uh, we'll get right into it as uh, it's tipping off here in about five minutes. So we might as well talk about it first, Nick, as down at the state tournament. Well, maybe a little bit later, depending on that first game down there. Uh, but Jefferson, the number seven seed to take on the number two seed, Park South. Uh, we saw Jefferson upset in there. Uh, Upset their seed the other in the sem- or in the quarterfinal round, and they're looking to for revenge and another upset in this round. Yeah, and uh, you know a tough matchup for Jefferson taking on the team that eliminated them from the state tournament a season ago in Parkersburg South. So uh, you know it's a good matchup. It's a team with uh, some good athletes in Park South. Um, the one kid who name is. Trow, I believe it is. is the, Cyrus Trow. Yes. He is the star receiver, star track runner as well, and he's also a very solid basketball player. So a different type of speed they're going to see uh, from Cyrus Trow uh, in his game. But they have more than just him, obviously, being one of the top teams in the state. But you've already pulled off a major upset against the number two team in George Washington. Now you take on number three. Hedgesville was competitive with this Park South team. They went to the line 37 times against the Eagles, and that was really the reason why it's not Hedgesville-Jefferson round three, which would have been you know, great because Hedgesville beat Jefferson twice. Um, and, you know, if, if Hedgesville just played a little bit better defensively and didn't commit so many fouls, maybe they were able, maybe they would have been able to advance, but obviously that didn't happen. So uh, Jefferson here in a winnable game. They're in a game where they're familiar with the opponent, and I think the scheduling that Coach Lewis did, I think he's done a lot of great things to try to set up this team for this run, going to Shepard, getting them more used to the bigger gym, different type of shooting environment that they're going to see uh, throughout the time down there in Charleston. So this team seems to be more ready for the state tournament than they have been in the previous two years. I know they won a game last year, and they're in the exact same spot, but it just seems like they played a lot better than they even did in that game last year that they beat uh, Cabell Midland in. So... I think this Cougars team's playing well. They have a chance to pull off this upset and keep uh, dancing. 
Yeah, that they do. And uh, learned something the other day is uh, next year's Jefferson schedule will feature a home-and-home home with Park South. Yeah, they've uh, definitely so. been trying to you know reach out to these teams across the state to get them to come here to the EPAC or to the Eastern Panhandle and play the Cougars, but that's, you know, tough to do. You know, teams aren't willing to drive, but Jefferson's been willing to go down there and play. Uh, they were able to get, you know, Greenbrier East last year, and Greenbrier East has been a team that's been around the area quite a bit. So, you know, I think that's great for the area. Maybe in, in the future with how much the EPAC has grown as a – basketball talent you know we're seeing spring mills emerge now obviously hedgesville martinsburg have those historic programs jefferson has become you know a team that's consistently in the state tournament maybe they start to attract these teams more you could have some sort of like shootout epac versus mountain east shootout you mean mountain state mountain state okay mountain east is the uh NCAA conference, but yes, <laughs> uh, you know you could have a Mountain State versus EPAC shootout. Who wouldn't want to watch that? One year you have it in Charleston or something like that. Exactly. And then you have that would be fun. That's a you know that's a great idea, Nick. I know. I, I should hopefully like, there's some EPAC coaches listening. I should be the director of basketball operations in the EPAC. I don't know. <laughs> Or in the state of West Virginia. All right. Uh, but that game's scheduled for tip very soon. Starting lineups are in for Jefferson. Normal starting lineup. Jaden Gladney, Jamari Jenkins, Tayshawn Roper, Will Shively, Wyatt Shively for Park South, Austin Reeves, Cyrus Traw, Jackson Smith, Nathan Plotner, and Aiden Black. We'll kind of keep you updated as long as we're on the air and then check social media uh, the afternoon. And if they win... They'll head to the state championship game set for Saturday at, I believe, 10 a.m. is the time for the Quad A state tournament or state championship. And uh, that would be against the winner of number one Morgantown versus number four Huntington. We've said it all year long. Who's beaten Morgantown? So it's probably going to be Morgantown. It does seem to be the Mohegans, but Huntington always has, you know, a really good team. Obviously, they won the state championship in football, so it's a uh, school with a lot of great athletes there for the Highlanders. Um, I know they had a solid team, you know, the last couple of years, so I think they can give Morgantown a fight, but the Mohegans just have so much. I mean, all their starting five are going to be playing at the next level. Um, definitely, a, you know, a really tough matchup for any team in the state. But again, like we've said before, you know, all the way back in the beginning of the season in these single elimination tournaments, like we're going to see here in March Madness, the best team on paper doesn't always win. So just because, exactly. you know, Alabama is the number one overall seed doesn't mean that they'll even get out of the first round for all we know. I mean, so, you know, all it takes is one bad game. This isn't a seven game series or anything like that so you know with the seven game series you can afford to not play your best game in one of them and still win in five in a one game elimination tournament if you don't come out and play your best game or don't have your best shooting night or whatever the case may be you can get eliminated just like that and it's all over so um don't be you know i mean be you would be shocked if huntington won but it wouldn't be 
you know, out of the realm of possibility exactly. because of it being a one-game tournament, one-only-game exactly. tournament. I think you make a great point there, but uh, we'll keep you updated here throughout the game. On uh, It is not tipped off yet, but, I mean, it's just 11-15, so we'll keep you updated uh, throughout the rest of the show. Let's move on as we begin high school baseball. Our broadcast began last night. It was opening day across the Mountain State for a few teams uh, locally. Uh, there was two teams in action last night. We're supposed to be four, but uh, things were changed at other at, for other teams. But we'll start with our game last night. It was Musselman falling seven to six to Lightridge out of Virginia. The highlight, though, Appleman Junior. Jason Myers smashed a two-run home run to left field in the second inning. Had to go probably what three forty-five, three fifty feet. Yeah, that was a no doubter. I mean, that one left the bat carried and it was like yeah that's not staying in here and that's a tough ballpark to you know hit a home run out of especially how cold it was yesterday yeah the cold weather the wind last night as well um and just kind of how the trees are aligned and everything can i guess kind of affect how the ball flows through the wind so uh you know it's a tough park to hit a home run out of but Myers absolutely crushed that ball and I thought overall Musselman had some really solid hits and good at bats um, the pitching wasn't as consistent as you want but at this point in the year uh, you know you're really just trying to get your arms loose especially in this first game and get those guys used to throwing that many pitches uh, we didn't see Baden Hartman have his best stuff if he does have his top stuff they probably win that game uh, but you got to remember also for Baden, you know, he played basketball again this year. So a little bit different than probably he normally would have had for his offseason. Um, if he didn't play basketball, he could have, you know, thrown throughout the winter and stuff. Uh, I'm sure he did a little bit on the side, but, you know, he was playing basketball. So that was his main focus at the time. And, uh, you know, and I think that's part of the reason why they lost. But, I mean, overall, you know, Hartman had a good had a good double. Uh, they had some well-hit balls throughout. Kyle Lohr had a nice hit late. They kept paddling. And uh, I, with it being the first game in a non-conference game in an out-of-state opponent, it doesn't matter too much. I mean, obviously you want to win every game that you can. Uh, but um, in a long season where you're going to have to ramp up those arms and have those guys fresh, um, Musselman will be fine, I think, moving forward. It's just, you know, a good warm-up game, and we'll see where they go from here. Yeah, we will see where they go from here. Another game last night in the Eastern Panhandle as the Washington Patriots open up the season with a 23-7 route of Berkeley Springs last night. In Berkeley Springs, senior Cam Moore had a night. He went 3-for-3 three three with six RBIs. Junior Jay Mason Earl went 2-for-3 with four RBIs. That's a new player on the team that did not play varsity last year. Patriots return to action tomorrow. They travel to take on Virginia Power Stonebridge at 6 p.m., uh, that's a big win in a way because you saw a lot of players. But as Tripp said last night, you don't necessarily learn a lot from those games. Right. You got a lot of players in the game. It only went five innings. But I don't know that that's going to help your starters any. It's not your typical opponent that you're going to see in the EPAC or in the state playoffs if you're lucky enough to make it there. Um Berkeley Springs, obviously a smaller school, so you know it's not that big, challenging opening game, and, and not that necessarily Light Ridge was based off their record, but I mean they are a team that 
uh, has three you know college commits on the roster, so it's a little bit of a bigger challenge. So it's, there's different ways to approach the season opener. Um, you know, Berkeley Springs wasn't that big quality opponent, but you can't necessarily play those games every single time. I think at times it's it's good to get a good you know smaller school, a double A or a single A, and uh, you know, get that as your season opener because it gets your confidence going well. You get to see some live pitching. It may not be top level competition necessarily, but um, it can be good. I think early in the season. Obviously, you don't like that result though because it, it doesn't really bring out the most competition, yeah. and it looked like there was a lot of walks throughout the game. So, you know, you weren't really seeing the best pitches, but. First season opener on a cold night, it's not, you know, end-all, be-all to play a, a smaller school that you're probably going to beat up on. Um, so good win for Washington, but, yeah, I would agree with Trip. Overall, you don't learn a whole lot yeah. from it, but it's not necessarily a bad thing to have on your schedule early in the year. It is not, but that. Uh, with that being said, we'll be joined by head coach J.T. DeSarno of the Washington Patriots tomorrow at 12.30. Uh, three other EPAC teams open up their season tonight as Martinsburg travels to Petersburg for a 4.30 first pitch. Jefferson hosts Frankfurt at 5 p.m. and Hedgesville will travel to St. Marie Goretti in Maryland for a 4.30 first pitch. So five of the six EPAC teams will now have started their season. Or no, is that all of them? Uh... No, or Spring Mills gets going tomorrow. That's what it is. Spring Mills. I don't know if you saw it too, Spencer. The Jefferson softball team got a win last night. They did over my alma mater. They haired it, eight to six. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's a big win to start off their season there, uh, Nick. But uh, we'll be joined by all all the baseball coaches as time goes by and the softball coaches. Our first softball game next week, I believe, Washington at Jefferson. Yeah, so that should be a good one as well. Uh, the Washington softball team hasn't begun their season, but they begin on Saturday against Hampshire. So, yeah, at Hampshire. So, that, baseball and softball season picking up, and uh, it's exciting time to uh, watch and, and tune in if you are a uh, baseball or softball fan. Very exciting time as our broadcast pick up next week. I believe we'll have four broadcasts next week and then uh, we'll take the weekend off of sports for the home show uh, but then the next week have four or five as well that'll do it for this first segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford revolutionizing the car buying experience go to HagerstownFord.com for more on the other side of this break uh, Shepherd football talk uh, we learned some things from a podcast, a player's podcast today. Also learned something yesterday about a player that played pretty well last year but was missing at the end of the year. And unfortunately, he's not going to be able to play football anymore. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned in to Sportsmax. I'll talk right at WRNR and 10 back in two minutes. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, 
No dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. We are excited to announce that Comparion Insurance Agency, a Liberty Mutual company, will be at the 26th Annual Home Show on March 25th and 26th at the Martinsburg Roundhouse. Comparion Insurance Agents and Martinsburg residents Glenn Mocker and Chad Williams have access to many insurance companies, allowing them to find the right coverage at the right price for you. From home and auto to life and pet insurance, they have you covered. Be sure to visit them at the show. If you can't make your way over to them, give them a call or send an email. They can't wait to meet you. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer and Nick, happy to have you with us. We're produced on the TV 10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright. And I guess maybe we'll get some input from him this segment as we talk. Shepherd football, the uh, former, maybe potentially back to Shepherd football player at some point. Uh, Gerald Wright here with us, our producer, our intern, for just about another week, unfortunately, as his time about to come to an end. Yeah, man. I reached my 400 hours almost. There you go. There you go. But let's talk about this news that I heard last night. So. If anybody knows anything about Shepard football, I don't think he wasn't he wasn't able to get on Monday Night Mayhem because he had class, but he would come afterwards. Uh, character on this team, Wyatt Pelicano. If you follow them on social media, they do Wyatt Wednesday takeovers. I came on one Monday Night Mayhem. I can't remember. Yeah, he did. He did because he skipped he skipped class. <laughs> Yes. It was yes. worth it. <laughs> but, yes, he did come on at one point. Uh, maybe he didn't skip class. I think he didn't have class that night. How about that? He didn't have class that night. That's what it was. They canceled his they class. They canceled it just for him to be yeah. on Monday night. Uh, but he now hosts a podcast. He's just started hosting a podcast because he's such a great person. I believe he was on some radio shows at Shepard. Uh, but his Wyatt Wednesday podcast you can find on Spotify. He had... Uh, at the end of the season, presumed QB1 for 2023 on Christian Etchison within the first couple of minutes. Uh, Christian Etchison talked about, um, you know, kind of being that after the season being the projected guy and uh, how he's kind of nervous. He's like, who wouldn't be nervous? I mean, if you're not nervous, if you're not going to be competing. Um, and he basically laid out who is competing for QB1. That would be himself. Transfer from VMI, Seth Morgan. Uh, Leek Powell and Sammy Roberts. Uh, notable name not on the list is Townsend. Timmy Townsend. Yeah. I don't I know. He's what, in the portal, I do believe. I See, I don't know that. I can't confirm that. I haven't been able to find anything. I thought I had heard that somewhere. But uh, pretty interesting there. 
uh, that we get that there. We get that information from him, and where do we think they go? Because the spring game, it's kind of good. whoever starts the spring game, obviously, according to the coaching staff, has a leg up. Right. Um, you know, I think Christian Anderson can, can provide a lot of different things uh, to the Shepherd quarterback room that maybe wasn't there before uh, with Tyson. Obviously, Tyson has, you know, the elite arm talent NFL-type quarterback, and Etch is not going to be that. But he has that mobility, ability to run, have those QB-designed runs um, that you could add to this offense that hasn't really been there in the past. Tyson would run occasionally, but it wasn't certainly uh, a designed play call too often. Um, So that would be something that Etch does have. And we haven't seen Seth Morgan play at all. Um, Obviously, we know that he was D1. He played at VMI. Um, You know, had some success there. But I don't believe he's much of a runner uh, from what I've looked into about Morgan. So that's kind of the two top guys for me. I don't don't see necessarily any of those other guys really getting a, a great opportunity to be the starter. Um, just based on you know the fact that those two in uh, Etchison and Morgan have some experience, uh, Christian being a guy that's been on the team now for four years, he's uh, been the backup. He's gotten into games late. Um, everybody else behind him has been on the team for at least a year, but uh, hasn't played at all in an actual college game. And then obviously Seth Morgan has some experience from starting a VMI. So to me, those are the two top guys right now. Uh, also, Ezra will come in at some point. Yeah. And I would, they talked about that on the podcast as well. And, you know, they said they've been seeing what he's been doing based upon Tyson. I, I'm assuming Tyson may be updating them because he was down in Florida with Tyson. Right. I mean, I'm sure they've seen stuff from Tyson, whether it be on social media or whatever he might send them or I don't know. But anyway, uh, so Ezra will be in the conversation, I think, to an extent, obviously. Uh, you know, a talented quarterback. We saw what he did at Martinsburg. Uh, has a good arm. You know, I know, a lot of stuff. I don't know if he'll be like Tyson was and come in and start right away. Yeah, they they didn't predict that on the podcast either. Wyatt personally predicted that he could see him come behind, you know, an Edgerson or a Seth Morgan and, you know, learn behind them for a year redshirt this year. Right. I mean, and I don't know. I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. Obviously, they haven't seen Ezra in practice. They haven't seen him against, you know, college competition. So that's just kind of based on the fact that he might not beat Tyson, which, I mean, who is, right? I mean, that's a once-in-a-lifetime type player to come through your program. Uh, but he'll certainly be in the mix, and uh, down the line will probably be a really solid to really good to great quarterback for Shepard. Um, so I think it's, you know, I think it's a solid room, and I think they don't really have too much to worry about because I think overall the team is still going to be good. Uh, a good majority of the offensive line returns. Um, you know, the defense returns a lot of pieces, even though some guys did enter the transfer portal, but hopefully they will be back. Um, and also, the wide receivers are good. The running backs are young, but I think talented. So uh, it's a good situation to be in, I think, for whoever ends up being the quarterback. Yes, it's going to be a lot different than what Shepard's had in the past, but I still think they're the favorites 
uh, in the PSAC East, potentially them in Kutztown still are the two top teams. So, you know, I think Shepard will be just fine, even though they're replacing the best player in uh, program history. Gerald, you got any thoughts? Oh, um, okay. So with the whole Edge and Seth situation, um, I've never really seen Seth throw or I've never seen him in practice or anything, so I can't really speak on him too much. But with Edge, he has been a play caller for Shepard for multiple years, so he knows the playbook like the back of his hand. So I would like to take that into account. Also, um, he did win a game for Shepard, even though it was against a, a not-as-good opponent in um, Lockhaven. Yeah. But he still won that game, so he has a little bit of experience, and he can run the ball as well, just like Nick said. So um, who knows? We'll see. And with the whole Edward situation, um, he has time. He has time. I say maybe he does come in and, you know, he, he, he shakes up the quarterback room. But if he doesn't, then, you know, sit him uh, and, yeah, give him, give him some play time in the future. I think he'll be okay. He's training with his brother, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I think that is a good point. And also want to remind everybody, tune in tomorrow, 1215, here on the show, live in studio, will be the one, the only, TB2, Tyson Bajant. Uh, he'll be on the show with us tomorrow, as we're speaking of the Bajants. Um, but uh, who do we think starts the spring game? I feel like it's got to be Etch because he's the play caller. Like he, he knows it, yeah. yeah. Mm. But it is a different offensive coordinator, but I still think they're going to run. That same offense. offense, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the offensive coordinator also was at VMI with but, Seth Morgan. So yeah, he has that familiarity there. Um, but he wasn't an offensive right, coordinator. Right, but he was still a coach player there. So I'm player. sure he knows the quarterback. Um, yeah, that is yeah. true. And another thing I was going to say, though, I think that helps Etch is the guys do like him, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to have a quarterback that um, gets you know. along well with the teammates. Not that Seth Morgan you know, is a bad guy or anything. We you know. just don't know. Yeah. But the we know ones. for a fact that Everybody loves Edge. He's a and great I, personality. And I think that helps to an extent. Yeah. Um, because if you have a quarterback that comes in and the guys around him like him and want to do well for him, it brings that extra motivation. So I think that will help. Um, I would I would presume he starts, but, I mean, it's it's a toss-up. And, and you go out and get a transfer with some Division One experience, it's hard to say that, that guy's going to – sit behind a guy that's never started a lot, right? I mean, he doesn't have a... He's been a backup his whole career. Um, But I think it'll be a good competition. And you could even see a little bit of both of them in the lineup because they are different styles of quarterback. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be against, and I don't think Shepard would necessarily be against, maybe throwing in Edge for a couple of option-type plays, uh, having him in some sort of package because... You wouldn't use him in the past because you never want Tyson off the field. But if Seth Morgan is just, you know, solid, you know, a good game manager, but not necessarily a Tyson Bajan type, uh, you can maybe take him off for a few plays and you let Etch run out there and have his system as well, which could be an option for Shepard. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I think that overall it's a, it's a quarterback room that loses a huge piece but will still be, you know, a productive position group yeah i think that is is a big thing to say and let's move on now our last shepherd topic we now know why we saw a lot of running backs sign with the rams uh heading into this signing class 
here for the class of 2023. We obviously knew Ronnie Brown gone. You knew you needed to bring a couple guys in. Um, Avon Holly entered the transfer portal. He's still in the portal, so he could possibly come back. Um, but did get confirmation yesterday from his dad, the head coach of the Muscleman baseball team, Coach Hartman, that Blake Hartman has medically retired from football. Um, I had heard rumblings that uh, his he had a Liz Frank injury at one point, and he was having complications with that, and then I believe also a shoulder issue as well that he just had surgery on. So Shepard really returns almost no running backs from last year besides Russell who yeah, got a little bit of, Russell. yeah he got a little bit of playing time in those in those lopsided games yeah he scored against Lockhaven he had a couple of moments here and there but certainly doesn't have a whole lot of experience in meaningful playing time but certainly showed some flashes as well of the talent that is there so you know it's definitely tough to lose Blake Hartman um just you know a real tough runner of the football could catch the ball well out of the backfield uh, and seem to be finding his spot on the Shepherd team so it's unfortunate uh local kid as well so you'd like the story there um former you know player of the year in the state so um yeah it's unfortunate for Blake and you wish him the best of luck in his future uh just in life but you know injuries happen it's a part of the game so um, he seemed, or from talking to Coach Hartman, you know, he said that Blake was still in good spirits about it. So that's good to hear. Um, but moving forward, you know, you'll find some different guys, some package. And the big thing is for Shepard is their offensive line, while they lose Joey Fisher and Adam Stilley, which are two big pieces, uh, you still return three other starters. So you have experience up front. And, uh, you know, as the, long, as the line is good, it's a good group. And Coach McCook believes that their recruiting class, if I'm remembering our interview correctly, is like the best offensive line they brought in. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Coach McCook's an O-line guy. I think those guys will open up the holes for whatever running back is back there, and they'll make them look good. So, Yeah. All right. Well, that just just heard that yesterday. And uh, that's some interesting Shepherd topics we got here as are we in spring season officially yet, Gerald? Has spring practices begun, I believe? Yeah, they've begun. Yeah, I believe spring game is set for April 15th or 16th. One of is the 15th. Yeah, yeah. Something could be happening there. We could be up to something with that, but uh, that's still to be determined. Uh, uh, that could, we could be up to something with that here, but let's turn our attention now to the NCAA tournament uh, game that you'll hear immediately following the show. West Virginia they take on the Terps in Birmingham, Alabama. The eight versus the nine. The Terps get the or Terps get the eight seed. Uh, WVU gets the nine seed. Uh, let me just double check here. West Virginia favored by two and a half in this game. Let's hear the Mountaineer report from Tony Caridi. Let's see what Tony Caridi's got on this team. As you know, we don't really have Colin our Mountaineer insider on the show. No, no, it's not working. <laughs> that would happen. Here, I'm going to get it momentarily. But Mountaineers favored by two and a half in this one. Seems like an interesting line for them, uh, Nick, to even be favored as the nine seed. But it's one of those toss-up games. Yeah, and you know, two and a half point favor. You could definitely make the argument still that the Big 12 is the best uh, conference in the country. So WVU and Maryland, they have pretty similar resumes. 
Uh, a lot of the hype around WVU has been, well, they don't really have a bad loss. Uh, so that's you know definitely something that helps them. Um, I think they present a, a good matchup here. This is uh, two teams that I think are very similar. I think it should be a really close game um, that comes down to the wire. So we'll uh, have to tune in. You know, yeah, here's, a fun one. here's the Mountaineer report from Tony Creedy. It is game day for the Mountaineer basketball team. West Virginia tips off NCAA tournament play here in Birmingham, Alabama against the Maryland Terrapins. Our pregame coverage begins here on MSN Radio at 11 a.m. Tip-off is set to go at 12.15. Maryland comes into this tournament behind first-year head coach Kevin Willard feeling good about itself. They improved as the season went along, and as a team, Maryland has had great success in opening round games. In fact, the Terps have won 14 of their last 15 opening round games going back to 1997. How have they been doing it? It's been primarily defense. They're giving up just over 63 points per game, which statistically puts them as one of Maryland's best defenses in over 40 years. In fact, most recently, their last 16 games, they've held opposing teams to under 61 points per game, and that includes the Purdue Boilermakers, who were ranked number three at the time, to just 54 points. On the other side, for West Virginia, obviously, Eric Stevenson, leading scorer, and he needs to play well. He has put together quite a season. He scored over 500 points on the year and has hit for 77 three-point field goals. That now is eighth best in a single season in school history, which ties Javon Carter's mark. How will West Virginia play? Well, one thing is true. They have been tested throughout the course of this season. The Mountaineers have played the fifth toughest schedule in all of college basketball. And hopefully it pays off here today. Once again, our pregame begins at 11. Tip-off is set for 12-15. That is today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Thanks, Tony. You can hear him with all the action here at the conclusion of our show. Tip-off at 12-15 between these two teams. Also, games going on, number 13, Furman, number 4, UVA, those seeds. Uh, that'll be at 1240. 1-40 will be 10, Utah State versus 7, Missouri. At 2 p.m., number 16, Howard against number 1, Kansas. 245, number 16, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Christi. Not crispy. You almost said it again. Yeah. Uh, against number 1, Alabama. At 310, True T- or those are all on different stations. Uh, number 12, Charleston against number 5, San Diego State. The, it goes on and on and on. By the time that game starts, we should be into Westwood One's coverage of the rest of the NCAA tournament. They do something pretty cool, Nick. They take they weave you in and out of the best games on radio. So if you're driving around and you just want to hear the best games, boom. There you go. Tune into the R Westwood One coverage. Uh, let's get an update here for the Jefferson Cougars against the Parkersburg South Patriots in the in the not the NCAA tournament, the high school basketball state tournament semifinals. Park South has opened up a thirty to twenty two lead over the Cougars. Uh, Jamar Jenkins leading the Cougars with twelve points. He's currently on the bench right now, maybe getting a little breather, but he's five for five, two for two from beyond the arc. So he's perfect so far today, Nick. The only player that is perfect. Yeah, I mean, Jenkins is a good player, so we'll see how that one turns out. But, uh, you know, this weekend, I think March Madness, first 
weekend is the best weekend in sports. It is. And it all begins at 12.15 with the Mountaineers. Yeah, it's an early weekend. Sometimes you take off Thursday, Friday, you know, you sit at home, you just watch basketball. Yeah, Not us, yeah. but... Yeah, and I know some folks gonna watch it while we're at work, like the majority of the country. <laughs> Don't tell Mike. I mean, he'll be fine with it as long as we're doing our job. That is true. All right, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, is family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk some NFL free agency. The Commanders sign a veteran quarterback to potentially compete for a starting spot spot with Sam Howell, maybe, or just be a veteran backup, Aaron Rodgers. That saga could be coming to an end soon as he was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. We'll talk about that and more coming up next on the other side of this two-minute break. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces, not just Traeger. We carry Utz, Meat Church, Lanes, and Dizzy Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute offers world-class heart care close to home. Our board-certified physicians are performing groundbreaking procedures using cutting-edge techniques, and that's why we're expanding our services to every corner of our region so you don't have to travel far to receive the great specialty care you deserve close to home. Now accepting new patients at all locations in Martinsburg, Hagerstown, Shepherdstown, Winchester, and at our newest office in Ranson. WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, world-class heart care close to home. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Spencer and Nick, happy to have you with us here. We're produced on the TV10 side by our intern, Gerald Wright. As uh, we'll get into some NFL talk here, Commander signed Jacoby Brissett. To potentially compete is what I saw yesterday for the starting job for the Commanders, if not be a veteran backup there for Sam Howell. Uh, Nick, what do you think about that move? Well, I believe I brought this up a few weeks ago that that could be a direction they go. I think you did. You predicted the future. Yeah. Well, I thought it made a lot of sense because, I mean, if you're going to move on from both Wentz and and, uh, Heineke and only roll out with Sam Howell heading into the draft or whatever the case may be, 
You're going to need somebody with some actual experience. Hal has only played in one game. Yeah, the Cowboys were uh, playing for something, so that's at least the case. But it was the last week of the season, so it wasn't a whole lot of pressure or anything like that, at least on the commander's side of things. Um, you know, Jacoby Brissett has been a decent starter in the NFL. Um, he gives you some veteran presence. He actually outplayed Deshaun Watson last season when you look at the numbers compared to uh, how they did with him as the starting quarterback and how they did with Watson as the starter. So, you know, I think it's a decent pickup for Washington who really doesn't, I don't think, know what it wants to do at quarterback because they're not in the market for any of the big names, at least so far, and they're not in a great draft position as much as you know, we, we've kind of discussed on the show that they could maybe move up or get somebody where they're picking. Realistically, I don't know if you can get one of those top four guys with so many teams in need of a quarterback. So um, they're in a tough spot in the draft. They're in a tough spot with the – they don't seem to want to go after Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers is probably going to the Jets. Those are kind We're of – We'll talk about that momentarily. The top names on the market still. Jimmy Garoppolo is gone. He went to the Raiders. So Baker Mayfield went to the Buccaneers, even if he wanted to go for him. So, I mean – there wasn't a whole lot of choices for Washington. They go with Percet. Uh, it's not going to be a game changer. He's not going to lead you to the Super Bowl or anything like that, but a solid either backup or, or a transition starter, depending on what you do in the draft. Yeah. Or if Sam Howell's just not quite ready but still shows potential. I don't know what the case could be in Washington, but you know we'll just have to wait and see. We will have to wait and see. Interesting cut yesterday. Are you a fan of the move? I think it's a good move, but I mean, I, I I read one place yesterday that he was competing to be the starter, and then I read that he was just a veteran voice in the locker room. So I don't. As of right now, he's competing because they only have two yeah, guys on the roster. That is true, uh, but we'll see how things go with that. I mean, I think maybe you you add maybe another one, or you add another rookie quarterback in the through the draft late Thank round guy like potentially a Tyson Bajan late round in the in the <laughs> late yeah. round pick. I mean. You're not going to jump up to get a guy in the first round. That's for darn sure. Maybe. I mean, I mean that would be a wild move if they did it, but it would be something the commanders would do, and Dan Snyder would have his hands all over that as one of his – if he did that, he probably wouldn't sell. Hey, we talked about those D linemen, right, and all those guys are going to need contracts. Maybe you move one of them in your pick and you try to get up there for a team that doesn't need a quarterback Sweat. that has a top ten pick, and you go up and you grab one of those yeah. guys. Maybe those. Maybe you take a guy like Anthony Richardson, you develop him behind uh, Brissett or Howe, and that's your QB room. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be the – it's a risky move, but it could be worth the risk long term. Yeah, it could be. Uh, in Keeping in the NFC East, we got two topics to hear within the NFC East before we hit the Rodgers news. Yesterday is kind of surprising release, but in a way it's not. The Cowboys, before it believe 4 p.m. to get under the cap, they cut Ezekiel Elliott. And the last play we ever saw of him was that funny play at the end of the game where the Cowboys lost and he played center. Yeah. Uh, but he's now on the open market. I mean, we kind of saw that coming with the way they were using Tony Pollard the la- last year and giving him, a, I believe they franchised tag yeah, him. Or they franchised yeah. tag Pollard. Um, that uh, it just seems kind of interesting. It seems like the the running back market, we saw Eckler out in, or out in L.A. with the Chargers. He's wants a trade like it just seems like or a new contract or a new contract it just seems like that 
you're not giving these running backs big contracts because we see what Ezekiel Elliott did on his contract, not a lot. Like he's been very inconsistent the last couple of years. Yeah, he's 27. Uh, it's pretty clear that Zeke has kind of lost his or has passed his prime. He hasn't really been that productive over the last three years. 979 yards in 2020, just over 1,000 in 2021, and 876 this past year. And his average is dropping from a guy that used to average 4.5 to 4.7 yards per carry, even 5 yards a carry in his rookie season, to 4.0, 4.2, and 3.8. So he's clearly lost a little bit of a step. He's not a threat as a receiver anymore either. He would get 40 to even 70 receptions. Uh, in a year, and this past season he only recorded 17. So Pollard is clearly the better back at this point. Um, will Zeke still have a market? Yes. Somebody will use him as kind of a more of a power back, um, a good you know secondary running back. But is he going to get big time money? I would I would highly doubt it. So um, yeah, it's it makes sense at this point. He had a great start to his career, but just running backs don't last that long. He is 27, so you would think that he would still have more left in the tank, but you know, I mean, he's been playing since 2016, so, you know, he's, he's getting up there. Yeah, uh, but that was an interesting move. And a non-move that everybody thought was a move yesterday was, we saw on Twitter yesterday morning, Darius Slay tweets like, it's been good, Philly, or something like that. Let's see what's next. It was speculated that he was going to get cut by the Eagles and then be on the open market. All right. And then it was like everybody was in on him, according to Dylan. He's got some sources in the NFL. Uh, Dylan was saying that the Ravens were all in on him. He was going to sign with the Ravens. And then all of a sudden, last night, 1045, he never got cut, and they're going to restructure his contract. At least that seems to be what they're very confusing is move. now, right? Yeah. And I think initially the Eagles were going to cut him, it seemed to be, but then they were like, we really want to keep him. So can we figure this out? Can we figure out a way to keep him on the team? Um, I know the Ravens rumor kind of started, I think, with the Marlon Humphrey tweet that he said that the uh, big moves were coming. I think Darius Slay either replied or, or tweeted right after that, like the eyes emojis. So I don't know if they're just like really good friends or maybe just trolling or, or what the case may be there. Or maybe he was going to go to the Ravens if he hit the open market, but since he never actually did... Who knows? And he hasn't yet. It seems like he's returning to Philly, so... Uh, you know, they got to keep somebody, right? Because they're losing yeah. almost everybody in free agency, which is what happens after you win the Super Bowl. They're well, able I think to retain uh, Fletcher re- Cox. but They've they, also retained Lane Johnson. I'm, well, Kelsey announced he's returning. Yeah, Kelsey. He's not retiring, so that's good news for them. But, um, you know, they rarely keep Cox. They lost Miles Sanders. Yeah, which he signed with the Panthers. Figured what happened, yep. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens in Philly, but... They're definitely a team that's trying to keep this core together. I think overall they'll still be, you know, the best team in the East and one of the best teams in the NFC. Um, Jalen Hurts seems to be getting better and better. They still have the weapons around him at wide receiver. They'll have to figure out running back, but O line's still there. D line for the most part's intact. So um, Philly still has a, a really good team. They just, I mean, when you win the Super Bowl, everybody's value, or when you go to the Super Bowl, they didn't win. Yeah. 
you know, everybody's value goes up so much, and, and you always see teams lose a lot after either winning or, or making the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk this Aaron Rodgers saga. Let's do it. He came out of the darkness retreat, and apparently, he went into the darkness retreat. Ninety percent, he was going to retire. Ten percent, he wanted to play again. I don't believe that. Came out of the thing, and he's like, "I want to play again. Let's see where the Packers are." The Packers, oh, they already wanted to move on. So, the Jets. He said he intends to play for the Jets. We saw Alan Lazard sign with the Jets. I mean, this could be an interesting thing. It could be. I don't know if it's really going to mean too much for the league as a whole. It means a lot in the NFC. It means a lot in the NFC North because it kind of, I think, eliminates the Packers as contenders in the NFC unless Jordan Love is better than I anticipate and better than most people seem to anticipate. Um, But I think in terms of you know, the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, he's going to the AFC, which is a tough conference. It has a ton of good quarterbacks. You can make the argument that he's like the seventh best quarterback in his own conference. And in his division, if he goes to the Jets, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills are still there, and they're going to win the AFC East, even with Aaron Rodgers in there. So I'm not sure if this is a move that really impacts the league as much as it on paper would. Yeah. Because I think the Buffalo Bills are still going to probably win the East. Rodgers and the Jets then are in the wild card discussion. And how far can they really take this team? I don't see much. I think the Packers are a better team. Um, but the Packers make a lot of sense wanting to get rid of that money and kind of just saying, hey, we drafted Jordan Love in the first round. we got to figure out if that was a good pick or not, and they really haven't been able to do that. So you know, it makes sense, but it's certainly a, you know an interesting situation and um, history repeating itself with the old Packers <laughs> quarterback. I think that's funny how that, how that for some reason is working out. But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. We're going to go a little longer today. This this segment went a little longer. So uh, let's go a little bit longer when we come back. We'll talk about uh, the Capitals. They get a win in a shootout last night and the Nationals. Unfortunately, we knew they weren't going to be great this year and they're not going to be any better, uh, have any chance to be any better. Top pitching prospect to have Tommy John as announced this morning. But the segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the side of this break, we'll wrap things up on this special edition of the Sports Mix back in two minutes. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. 
The Eastern Panhandle Home Builders Association would like to thank Pine Creek Structures for being a diamond sponsor and City National Bank, Eastern Panhandle Heating and Cooling, DRB Homes, High Point Roofing, and Aspen Home Improvements for being platinum sponsors of the 26th Annual Home Show. The Home Show this year will take place March 25th and 26th at the Martinsburg Roundhouse. For more information, visit www.easternwvhomebuilders.org. We hope to see you there. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. You're listening to the Panhandle Leader in Sports Coverage, Talk Radio WRNR, Martinsburg. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix here. As we're, if you're tuning into the radio, you're used to hearing something else, but uh, the Mountaineers will be tuning will be tuning into them on the radio side here in, in a, about 10 minutes or so with the 12-15 tip-off segment sponsored in part by the Marriott Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by, seven, or stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Call 304-263-4343. we got about nine or so minutes left until we've got to hit over to the Mountaineers. And uh, let's talk a little caps from last night. They were able to get the win after they found themselves down 3-1 to one in the first period for the second night in a row. Uh, but uh, the caps would come back. Goals from Alex Ovechkin in the third, along with Tom Wilson. That was with one minute and eight seconds left to force things into overtime. Nothing happened in the overtime. They'd go to the shootout. And then in the shootout, T.J. Oshie well, first, Kuznetsov's goal would be good, and then TJ, and then Lingren would save the next attempt from the Sabres, and then Oshi would hammer it home right here. Oshi circles into the zone, comes down the middle, looks for a seam, and scores! An absolutely faked-out UPL! A brilliant move from TJ! The Sabres with their backs to the wall, and they must score twice in the next two opportunities while stopping the Caps in round three. The game on the line. Tage Thompson must score, and the Capitals a heck of a comeback win tonight. Here comes Thompson down the middle, shoots, and he can't get it done, and that's it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Buffalo. The Capitals, a thrilling comeback here at Capital One Arena. Final score. 
Caps now sit at 33-29-7. They return to action tomorrow night. They play the Blues. Then on Sunday, they're at the Wild at 2 p.m. Then Tuesday, they host the Blue Jackets at 7 p.m. Mostly, Most likely done for the Caps. They're still two, uh, two seeds out of the Wild Card, but about seven or five points out of the Wild Card. So it's a lot to get going here. In about a month left, I believe, is what they have left of the season. So it's kind of dwindling down for the Caps. As they're not officially out of it, but they're going to take a lot and a lot of help for them to get in it, Nick. Yeah, I mean, you're five points back, so it's not too far. Uh, but you are going to need some help, and that's the big thing uh, for Washington. You know, they're not, like, really in control of their own destiny at this point. So, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I think there's still a chance. You have some games left against uh, the Penguins. I believe you have one more game against them. So, you know, they're a team that's ahead of you. Uh, the Islanders are ahead of you as well. You have to play them again. I mean, you got some tough matchups here. The Lightning are out there. So, you know, it's going to be tough. Maybe you sneak in as the last wild card team, but it's definitely not a, a great position. You actually have two games against the Islanders. So if you yeah. can take those, I mean, maybe. But that's going to be a big task. It will be a big task, uh, but unfortunately it's going to be a very big task because they're most likely not making the playoffs this year. They haven't made it out of the first round since the year they won the Stanley Cup in 2018. So it's going to be tough even if they get in as they'll probably have to play one of the top seeds if they make it in as a wild card. But to be uh, fair, though, I mean, they did blow the team up for the most part. So true. I don't know how much they really care about making it as the AFC. Yeah. Uh, let's Players move on. Do. Yeah. Let's move on now to the Nationals. Get word this morning. A statement from President of Baseball Operations GM Mike Rizzo during the third inning of a game against the New York Mets on Tuesday in spring training. Right-handed pitcher Kate Cavalli sustained a right elbow injury. An MRI has revealed that it's a grade three sprain of his unilateral or unicollateral ligament, which means the dreaded phrase, the dreaded surgery in baseball, Tommy John surgery. Cade will be out, will not pitch in 2023. He continues to be an important part of the franchise's future and we'll look forward to having him back on the mound. They will provide an update on his surgery once it's available. We knew the Nats weren't going to be good this year, but that was a young guy that could have helped them win some games and unfortunately he's going to have Tommy John and no sign of Steven Strasburg down in spring training. She had a setback right before spring training. So I guess Mackenzie Gore, the guy they got back in the trade from Juan Soto, is kind of your number one pitching option because Patrick Corbin's still very inconsistent. And then you have uh, the guy that one of the guys that you got last year. Um, why am I blanking on his name right now? I'm not sure. Josiah Gray. Yes. Josiah Gray. So you have Josiah Gray, Mackenzie Gore, Patrick Corbin. That's where your pitching is at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate definitely for Cavalli, but most guys do now have to go through the Tommy John surgery. It's not as bad as it once was. You know, years ago, it was almost like a guy completely changed after it. Now sometimes guys do kind of come back stronger from it. So it is a very common injury. Um it, it thinks that it happened this season when he's 24 because yeah. he is kind of this would be the year that he would take that next step you hope and really develop into an MLB type pitcher um, 
so you know it happens at this point in his career uh that that you know hurts a little bit but since it is such a common thing you know you just hope that he can come back next year be stronger be better overall and uh you know hopefully doesn't make this a lingering problem throughout his career but yeah I mean, you lose him this year. It's he not, was supposed to take a big step this right. year. He made his debut that's at the, the end of last year. So that's unfortunate for him, but the Nationals will have to have somebody step up. Uh, as we get ready to wrap things up here, let's take a look at the state semifinal game with Jefferson playing Park South. Unfortunately, things have gotten to a wide advantage for Park South. It's 47-30 at halftime, getting ready to start the third quarter. It was 23-19 Park South headed into the second quarter, and the Cougars went cold there shooting 46%. They were up in the 80s during the first quarter, uh, but they only scored 11 in the second quarter compared to Park South 24. And, uh, it, you know, obviously we're not watching the game. We're not listening to the game. We don't understand exactly what's going on, but I would say uh, Will Shively was probably being face guarded. He's only two points, one for three, 0 for one from beyond the arc. He had four rebounds. So he, yeah. he led them in the last game. I would imagine Park South keyed in on him. I would guess so. Yeah, seems to be the case. All right, let's wrap things up here tomorrow. We'll have uh, JT DeSarno, head coach for the Washington Patriots baseball team. He'll be on at... 12.30, then at 12.15, we'll be joined in studio by the one, the only, Tyson Bajent, as he'll be in studio with us tomorrow. Dylan Bishop also will be our co-host tomorrow as well with Colin on vacation. We'll get Colin back on Monday, uh, but that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. As uh, Fortunately, you won't be able to tune into this back on the radio side of things, and fortunately, we'll be cut off on the TV side of things at the one-hour mark. But tune into the podcast if you want to hear any of this. It'll be posted on our podcast page where you get your podcast uh, but we'll have baseball tomorrow night baseball will be Martinsburg and Hedgesville that's a 7 p.m. start 6:40 pregame and then we'll have the Mountaineers coming up right after the end of this outro as they take on the Terps and then following that NCAA's March Madness coverage from Westwood One but for Nick Verzellini, Gerald Wright I'm Spencer Please saying so long we'll talk to you tomorrow emergency departments in West Virginia. WVU Medicine, leading healthcare here and everywhere.